Hello and welcome everyone. If you have ever been in a position where you are not particularly sure how to move forward, you have things around you probably holding you back and things that people say is insurmountable but you are plowing through that, then you need to be in this space because today our guest on the Wellbeing for Mothers show is no other than Jackie Callum. She is an amazing lady and the first time I met her, it was just phenomenal. So she is the legendary boxing manager whose life was the inspiration for the 2004 film titled Against the Ropes. Her incredible story of defeating the odds and never accepting failure enabled her to thrive in a male-dominated profession and overcome adversity in many forms. She attributes her success to persistence, focus, and adapting to change. And these are traits that we, as mothers, can tap into in order to thrive in this changing world. Thank you so much, Jackie, for coming and joining me on this show. It's my pleasure. I was looking forward to it, and I'm anxious to see what subjects we can cover. Fabulous. Thank you so much. So, first of all, I'd like to ask um, you to kindly tell us a little bit about your journey, because I find your story really fascinating, because um, many of us, especially as mothers, we are working mothers, and some are in business as well. And there are many of our mothers who perhaps are in male-dominated professions, and you actually got in there and thrived. I mean, having someone have a film made about her life, that is phenomenal. So I, I would really love you to share your story in that regard. Well, I started as a journalist. That was my calling. From a young age, I, I loved to write, and I found out that I... I was very good at interviewing people because I was not afraid to ask questions and I was not intimidated by anybody, regardless if they were a president, a movie star, a sports star, a music star. It didn't matter who they were. I found that I had a lot of natural confidence and I felt comfortable in every situation. And that makes a lot of difference. And again, I got married young. I was engaged at 19, married at 20. And uh, I had my first child at 22 and my second by 24. And uh, I managed to accomplish everything I have while raising a family. And I think it actually enhanced my life experience by raising those children because I was able to learn how to nurture and apply that to my work situation. So as I became a caring mother... I became a caring entrepreneur when I went into business. It translated into better interviews because I think I had more compassion, more empathy, and uh, I was able to communicate on many different levels. And uh, I was able to combine the two successfully and use the best of both. So, yeah, motherhood to me was, was a blessing and a joy. Oh, wow. That is so, it's so lovely hearing that from you because many mothers um, look at motherhood. Yes, it's beautiful to have children, but it's challenging. And you being able to combine that with work and not only combine it, but utilize the skills, the nurturing abilities in motherhood to 
excel and dominate your workspace. That is phenomenal. Now there was something. Well, you know what? Not to interrupt you, but it was very lucky because as a journalist, I could take my children along a lot of times when I had to do an interview. I, and they were little and I didn't have a babysitter, I would take them. So I have all these pictures of them with with the Rolling Stones and Kiss and Karen Carpenter and all these big athletes. I would just simply say, I don't have a sitter. I brought my kids and they're going to kind of sit in the background while we talk. And they were very well behaved and they learned a lot by listening to me and it humanized me by having them there. Many women are not in the situation where they can include their children into their workspace. And for me, being a writer, I write at home. I always did. They were always there. So even if I was busy writing, I was still present for them. And and we talked a little bit about it. You know, we'd get through with an interview. Let's say uh, we were interviewing, oh, I don't know, Mick Jagger, for example. And I would ask them, well, what did you kids think? And even when they were very little you know, oh, I liked him, Mom, or oh, I didn't like that person, or he wasn't very friendly. And so sometimes just from the eyes of a child, I was able to get a little bit different perspective. So I was blessed that I could combine my family and my career. My husband also, you know, was very present during a lot of these interviews. And also when I segued into the boxing business, um, I could take them to the fights. I could take them back to the locker room to meet the fighters. I had many young fighters living in our house over the years. So I was also able to integrate them and, and mix the two. So I found that by involving them, they never felt jealous. They never felt disenfranchised or, or neglected. So I was just blessed that my career path allowed me to include them. Mm. Oh, wow. That is that is really phenomenal. And I hope mothers are hearing and listening to this because there's sometimes that we we think that these children don't observe us, but they okay. they are our best. They observe us. They copy everything we do. They're like sponges. But then they also teach us as well. <laughs> so, I mean, when you, <laughs> when you were sharing that, I could just remember how my my son was in a coaching session um, where I was actually having a meeting and he was right there because I bring my children along with me and yes. they want to come along and when they say, mommy, you're speaking somewhere, oh, we'd like to come, we'd like to be there. They're my greatest cheerleaders and I must say, wow, that's such a gift. And you know what? You can actually do it in many different ways. Um, my father owned a, a hardware store, a lumberyard, and he would bring my brother and I to work with him on the weekends. And I would play in the paint samples. And I'd look at all the color samples and think of what color I was going to paint my room. And my brother would play out in the wood stacks and look at the two-by-fours and the four-by-sixes and, you know, make forts out of the wood. And we just made that a little play space even when we were very young. My mother, on the other hand, was a singer and an actress and we would always go to her rehearsals or go to her performances. She included us. So because I had been included as a child with my parents' careers, I knew I was going to do the same for mine. Now, obviously, if you work in a corporate structure, you can't take them to the office. But sometimes you can come home and maybe just discuss a little bit with them, even if they're young and don't understand 
make them feel a part of it. Boy, mommy had a bad day at the office today. We need to go do something fun. Who wants to go for ice cream? Boy, mommy's boss yelled at her today. I don't feel so good. Maybe you kids could cheer me up. Involve them. You know, make them feel a part of it so that your work life and your home life aren't completely two separate things. Because a lot of kids are jealous of their parents because they have a whole life away from them. So if you could somehow bring them in, even in the conversation, like, oh, I was talking to my boss about you today and telling him what a wonderful kid you are. And one of these days, he's going to come to your softball game. Or the lady I work with, she has a son just your age, and we were just talking about you guys, and one day we're going to have a play date. Whatever it takes to incorporate the two, it really does work well. Mm. Oh, wow. I absolutely love that. And that's such an amazing thing that we can do, especially as working mothers, to incorporate our children. If we don't have the flexibility to bring them to the office or to involve them in conversation, they love yeah. that. They do. I think it's important. I've known too many young people that felt isolated and that their parents were so absorbed in their businesses and their careers. And you'd ask a kid, well, what does your dad do? What does your mom do? I don't really know. You know, they work. They go to the office. Well, what do they do? I don't know. So I think it's important that you tell your children what you do. When you get up and leave every day, if you do, some people work at home now, let them know what it is that you do so they can be proud of you. Explain it so that if you're having a bad day, or you're bogged down with work, they understand mommy has a deadline. Daddy has to finish this by Friday. we got to help. we got to be good. we got to go play while they're doing their work. It's very important to involve them. Yes, that is so, so true. And, and when you did mention about how you started in your career as a journalist, you mentioned a very key trait, which I think I'm just wondering perhaps at what point did you have that confidence instilled into you was it when you were a child at what stage did it come in that you could talk to anybody ask any questions I think you're kind of wired the way you're wired I I think for me I wasn't the smartest or the prettiest or the richest or certainly the most talented kid um I didn't really have any talents you know all the other kids were playing sports and singing and dancing and I didn't have any of those abilities but I could write and I was able to express myself with the written word. And when I started getting published as a young kid in contests, I felt so proud of myself when I saw my byline. Here's my name on a printed page. That was quite an accomplishment. And so at the age of 10, 11, 12, I felt I had an identity. I was a writer and that was something very important to me. I thought that was very impressive and I could show my articles to people, see this, I wrote this, and they'd see my name and go, you wrote that? Wow. So it was my way of having an accomplishment. And then I won a date with a, a rock and roll star back in the day when I was 13, very young. And that was my first experience, my first really face-to-face brush with a celebrity. And I found that I wasn't intimidated. I wasn't um, innerved in any way. I didn't feel shy. I just jumped right in and started talking as if he was my next-door neighbor. And it kind of surprised me that I had no trepidation and was not nervous. So I thought, well, that's a good trait then because I didn't feel any different around him than I did around any of the kids I went to school with. In my mind, we all are the same. He just had a different job. His job was more visible. He probably got paid a lot more money. 
but he was just a, a kid like me, just a few years older. He still cried when he was sad. He was still hungry. And we all had basic needs that were the same. So I realized that as a human, we all are more alike than we are different. So I always found something to talk about. And, of course, being a mother, as I got older and into journalism, I could always talk to anybody about their kids. If they didn't have kids, I could talk about their parents. How were they as a kid, their siblings, their neighbors, anything that would break the ice and kind of give us common ground. Then once I felt like you and I are on the same page here, then I could talk about anything. But if I started off by, wow, you're a big star, and I'm just this little nobody writer, right away there was a separation between their status and mine. And so I always started off by coming up with something that was a common ground that we could feel like we were equal. Yes, you're a big star. I'm a journalist. But we need each other. I need something to write about, and you need someone to write about you. So it's a very good relationship because we're both getting something we need. That is fabulous. You know, when you were saying that, I just thought of um, a concept I was taught in um, science, symbiosis. Yes. Synergy. Exactly. And it's just that that's the way we all are as human beings. We are all connected one way or the other. We all need each other. And if only we could put that message out by our thoughts, by our words, by our actions, there'll be no wars. There'll be no disputes because we all need ourselves. Well, it's very simple. You know, I could be with Elvis, but if I pinch him, he's going to go, ouch. And if he pinches me, I'm going to go, ouch. We are similar. Yes, he was male. I was a female. He was a lot more famous, but nevertheless, we're two human beings. We still get up in the morning and get our clothes on the same way. We still get up in the middle of the night if we have to pee. It's nothing different, really. We are all the same. We just have different skin colors, different heights, different weights, different backgrounds. But at the end of the day, we're all on the same big planet Earth. We're all just little teeny grains of sand on this huge big planet. So no one's really that much more important than anybody else unless you think you're more important and either the person's ego makes them feel bigger than everyone else or their status and the media coverage of them has pumped them up to be something bigger but basically when you strip us all down we're all the same pretty much oh that is so well said so well said and you mentioned something about what how you think of yourself I remember I was listening to a book and in that book, someone mentioned how people look at themselves as unworthy, not enough, uh, like crickets. They compare themselves to people who were more important, more successful, and they look down on themselves. And because they had that notion of themselves, unfortunately, it transpired into their well-being. So their, the way they thought, the way they thought, manifested itself in every way. Exactly. It's perception. It's how you perceive something. When somebody comes up to me and they're all confident and they're like, I am all that, I believe it because I see it. They look successful. They act successful. I believe what I see. 
the ones that are shy and nervous and, you know, I can feel that. So it's how you project yourself. And it's almost that old saying, fake it till you make it. If you walk into a room and you feel uncomfortable and look around and say, oh, boy, I hope these people like me, I'm the opposite. I walk in a room and I say, I hope I like you guys. <laughs> you know, I'm important, too. My time is important. So is yours. That's why I'm always on time, because I don't want to waste your time or my time. We each have only a 24-hour period in each day, and I don't want to waste your yours or mine. And I think it's about respect. When you give someone respect, you'll very often get it back. Respect is not a given. It's something that is earned. You don't just respect anybody and everybody. There are certain people that earn it. You meet them, you talk to them, and you go, wow, I'm very impressed. I like this person. I like their aura. I like how I feel around them. Those are the people that you want to be with. And so you're either very engaging or you're very off-putting. So it's really how you project yourself and, and how other people perceive you. And fortunately, we can control how others perceive us. We have that power to put ourselves out there to be judged because, unfortunately, everybody judges everybody. Whether we like it or not, it's the human trait. You know, am I prettier? Am I thinner? Am I, like I said, everybody's comparing Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big mistake. I think jealousy and envy is a very useless emotion. doesn't get you any good to be jealous of someone else, number one. And number two, pride is another thing that we really can live without. You know, I'm afraid to ask they won't like me or I'm not going to stoop down to, you know, kiss someone's butt. Sometimes we have to be the one to kind of pay homage and do something to someone else to get what we want. Don't be stubborn. Don't let your pride stop you from achieving your goals. Mm. Don't stand on a big, you know, on ceremony and put yourself on some big pedestal. Be humble because humility is a quality that people react to and respond to. Um, nobody likes a braggart. Nobody likes a big ego. And narcissists are not the most pleasant people. So humility is a, a wonderful quality. Yes. Oh, my goodness. There's so many gems in there. I don't even know which one to hold. But I hope everyone is taking notes. And if perhaps you you might have missed a little part there, I want you to come back and have a listen again. Because, you mm-hmm. see, when we the way you perceive yourself, perception is so important. And not only because of the aura you radiate, the energy you give out, which people can mm-hmm. perceive, they also perceive the humility. I mean, being humble does not mean you look down on yourself. Being humble is that you value yourself, but then you're not feeling superior to everyone else. No, it's a, it's actually the opposite. Humility is when you're so confident that you know who you are, you're comfortable with who you are, so you don't have to prove anything to anybody else. You're humble because you know you're successful, you know you're intelligent, you know you're kind, and so you don't have to tell everybody who you are. The people that tell you how rich they are or tell you I'm I'm so successful and how everyone loves me and I'm so those are the people that are trying to prove it mostly to themselves mm-hmm. and to convince you. Because if you are all those things, you don't have to say it, you just kind of radiate that. Oh, I love that. 
There is an African proverb that says, a lion will not come out and say, I'm a lion, I'm a lion. All That's he needs exactly to right. It's to roar. That's right. Knows. It's a lion. A lion doesn't explain himself to a sheep. <laughs> I'm the lion. You can see that, right? I don't have to roar. You know. Yeah. So it's about self-confidence. And anyone can have that. It's not something that's unique or that it's a technique that you have to get skilled in. It comes from within. All of our emotions come from within our own core. Nobody on the outside can make you happy. And at the same time, we shouldn't let anybody on the outside make us unhappy. If someone says something negative about you, you have to be strong enough to brush it off, say that's their opinion. I'm sorry they feel that way. But it's the same thing about a compliment. Don't buy into that. Just because someone tells you you're pretty or smart, don't get a big head. Just accept it. Thank you very much. And keep going with your life. Neither the bad nor the good define you if you know who you are. Now, that is amazing. You need to know who you are. Now, I was as a saying I always put forward. I say every mom is a super mom, not because of what she does. Or because of who she is, the superpowers she has within. And many times, even if you're a mother under the duvet, you're crying, you're struggling, you are having so many challenges, you are a super mom. Just need to remind yourself who you are, tap into the true nature of who you are, and there is nothing you cannot surmount. There's no challenge that you can't get over. You're very right about that. And motherhood isn't simply being a mother to the children that you gave birth to. It's being a nurturer to your community. It's being a nurturer to your mate, to your friends, to the people that you encounter every day by caring for people and doing little random acts of kindness for the people around us is part of the nurturing spirit of a mother, the earth mother, the mother who is there to care for everybody around them. It's a quality that you just, Either have it or you don't have it in you. And it's not just the maternal sense of I gave birth to this child, therefore I'm going to raise this child. That is a privilege. Not everybody's given the privilege to procreate and have a child. So if you're lucky enough to have one, you better take that seriously and take this little seed and when it grows, feed it, water it, fertilize it. You want your child, what you've created, to be the biggest and the best that you could possibly create. I spent my entire life up to this point living for my children. And my children are now 50, oh gosh, 52 and almost 54. They're middle-aged men, but they're still my children. I'm responsible for them in certain ways, even though they're probably more successful financially than that I am and can certainly they don't need me the same way they did, but I'm their mother and I'm always going to be there to advise them as a shoulder to, to lean on and somebody that they can turn to for whatever. And we can mother our pets, mother our friends, mother our mates. And I just think motherhood is a great honor. That is so true. It is a great honor and it doesn't come to an end. Because even if your children are grown, I remember my grandmother when she was 100 years old, her first son was eight in his 80s and she was always, you know, excellent mother. Oh, has he, have you eaten today? Have you slept? I mean, exactly. That's exactly. At 100. 
<laughs> there is no expiration date on motherhood. It's a lifetime job. Exactly, exactly. Wow. Okay. Fabulous. This is, I'm really enjoying this discussion because uh, I'm sure many mothers are listening and maybe they've had a busy day at work or they are going through a challenge in their lives and they are hearing that, look, I've got the ability to be the best version of myself by remembering who I am, tapping into qualities like humility, having that confidence including children into your life and into your workspace. And it's so good. I remember, perhaps for those who might be watching, that I've got this medal behind me. It's um, a medal I I got from running the marathon. So I run the Manchester oh, wow. Marathon <laughs> to raise funds for dementia. Great. And you know what? As I was running that race and training for it, my children were part of that journey. They trained with me. My daughter was like the videographer taking the videos. My son will say, Mama, Mommy, we can do it. And that is where that bonding takes place. That is where that growth takes place. When I'm working on a project, they are there saying, okay, Mommy, um, how, much, how much time do you need? I'm like, I need an hour. Okay, Mommy. And they go do their things. Sometimes they join me. My daughter is so keen on being a part of my business. And so she's more or less like my business partner. She designs a lot of, because she's got artistic skills. She designs things. And I, I look at her and I say, my goodness, this is phenomenal. You've got a gift. And if I notice that gift, I would nurture it for you as a mother. That's the key. There you yeah. go. That, that is what I think every parent needs to do. Obviously, you need to discipline your children. We have to teach them right from wrong. Mm. But along with the discipline and telling them that is wrong, you should not have done that, you have to learn to compliment them and praise them for the things they do good. Then they know the difference. Wow, my mom's happy with me. She's really proud of me. I did something great. Or, ooh, mom's really displeased. I didn't do the right thing. They learn the difference when you teach them the difference. If all you do is yell at them when they're bad and you never praise them, there's no balance. There has to be balance. You know, the the sunshine wouldn't be so great to us if it was there every day if we had no rain. And we certainly wouldn't be very happy if we lived with rainstorms every day. So we need a little bit of everything. But when you take the time to criticize someone, and hopefully with love, I always would start off by saying, you know, I love you to death. However, I didn't like what you did today, and let's see how we can fix that, because that wasn't the best side of you. I've seen you act and behave much better than that. I think you were having a bad day. Let's talk about that. And at the same time, when they've done something wonderful, they'll just say, I'm so proud of you. You are, I mean, you're better than I was at your age. You are an amazing person. And just watch them blossom. It's even with people that you meet and you encounter on a daily basis. You go to a restaurant and the server brings you your meal and you say, thank you so much. You're a wonderful weight person. I couldn't, I, I just couldn't ask for anybody better. Your service was wonderful. They just seem to, to blossom in front of you. They could have been having a horrible day. Somebody sent back their meal. Somebody yelled at them. The cook wasn't, you know, getting things out on time. And one kind person that noticed that they're doing a good job changed their whole day. We have that power. We have the power within us to make other people happy. 
And the people around us choose to be around us if we make them feel good about themselves. If you don't, you're just another person. But when you can make someone feel special, then you're a special person yourself. Mm, that is so good. So, so good. And it still comes back to your um, idea of we being mothers, nurturing not just the children we give birth to, but everybody we encounter. So giving that compliment, um, giving that good word, encouragement to people around us. That There is a saying where I come from. It says, um, all lizards are crawling on their tummy. You do not know the one that has got tummy ache. Wow, that's an interesting one because... I've always felt that way, that you don't know the struggles that someone else is going through. You see them, and they might be smiling, but behind that smile might be a lot of tragedy. They might be going through something horrible, the, this the terminal illness of a loved one, or they might have just lost their job, or something horrible that could be And they're still smiling because they don't want to let the world see that. So we don't know, like you say, when you're on your tummy, we don't know if you have a tummy ache. So we have to be kind to each other. Treat each other as if, as if maybe they're having a bad day. Go that extra mile. Smile more. I see people with their heads down looking grumpy all the time, and I want to just say, hey, smile. Cheer up. Life is beautiful. Why are you looking like that? So we have to make a concerted effort to not only make our own lives better, because we all want to have the best life possible, but to make the lives of the people around us better. And that, to me, that means a successful day. If I've brought some joy to somebody or done something in some way to better their life, then it was a good day. Mm, that is beautiful. That, and that's, I think this is just a great way to come, kind of round things up in this discussion. And I could go on and on talking about how we as mothers can tap into the gems and the great things that have been shared today and improve our lives, our journey of motherhood, and grow through life. Now, I just wanted to find out perhaps one or two things you can share as a takeaway point for people in um, this space listening that would help them to increase their confidence on a consistent basis, and if possible, transmit that to their children as well. Well, I think one thing that's very important is patience, and that's a hard one because we all lose patience. Our meal didn't come on time. The mail didn't get here on time. We were waiting for a response to something. We didn't get it. We check our email every five minutes. It's not here yet. We lose patience. We go to the doctor's office. We have to wait too long in the waiting room, and we go to get our hair done, and someone ahead of us isn't done, and we have to sit there. Patience is important, and we learn to use that time while we're waiting constructively. Even if it's just to sit there and take a deep breath and say, wow, I've got an extra 10 minutes here to just refresh. Patience is important with our children because they will try your, you know, everything they can to get under your nerves. Patience. Show them. Teach them that we're patient. You know, I think patience is a, a huge virtue. Another thing that I think is another tip is compassion, understanding. And that's what we were just talking about, is consider the other person, what they're going through right now. And also karma. There is karma, I believe. And what we put out there is going to come back. And it may not come back from the same source. I may do something for 
for someone who can do nothing for me, and that's fine, because something unexpected might come back to me from a completely different source. But the energy that we put out there often attracts the same energy back to us. You manifest it. When you're kind and you're caring, very often somebody's going to do something kind and caring for you. It's just the world that you create for yourself. My inner circle is very positive because I choose to be around people who are optimistic, who see the glass half full, who encourage each other, who are not jealous of one another. It's hard. You have to really pick through a lot of people to find your core group. But I think that little golden circle that you, that little bubble of friends that you stick with, if they're similar to you and they boost you up and you boost them up, then it's a very wonderful atmosphere. But if you are around people who are negative, who are always critical of you, who bring you down when you're happy, you need to weed those people out. And it's hard. It's real hard because no one wants to cut a friend out of their lives or, or back away from someone. But sometimes it's it's for your own preservation. It's because you need the positive energy around you and there's somebody there that's negatively impacting you. So sometimes we have to clean house when it comes to the people around us and keep that energy strong, positive, uplifting, and optimistic. Oh, wow. That is just phenomenal. What you shared is just phenomenal because when we look at our lives and we are able to put in patience, compassion, and make sure we clean house as well, it's so, so key. <laughs> so I well, it works for me. You know, it may not work for everybody, but it works for me. And, you know, I'm almost 77 years old, and so I'm closer to 80 than 70. And as I get further along this treadmill of life, eventually we all fall off at the end and go wherever we're going to go. But the journey itself should be pleasant and enjoyable, and we should make each day another stepping stone, another strong link in the chain of life, because every bad day is a weak link in that chain. And if you have more bad days than good, it's a very weak chain. It could fall apart. The stronger you are and the better days you link together, the stronger your life experience, the stronger a person you will be, and the happier you're going to be. And the goal for me is to enjoy this journey called life as much as I can because we never know when we wake up today if this is going to be our last day. So I always want each day to be really good because if this is my last day, I want to go out on a high note. So it's just a a choice we make of how we want to live our life. But it works for me. Oh, that is fabulous. And I'm sure the listeners... Perhaps when they're watching this, they go, did she say she's getting to 77? What? <laughs> you don't look it at all. I'm oh, sure they'll be asking. So much. <laughs> I think it's energy. it's energy. You know, when you're busy and you're doing things every day and you're happy, I think that Father Time, he's right behind me, but I'm outrunning him, you know. He's, he's there, but I'm going to keep going and he'll catch me eventually. And that's life. You know, it's a circle of life. But as long as I'm still able to go out there and do the things I do and spend time with my loved ones and try to make an impact on the world, then I'm as happy a person as I could possibly be. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Jackie. It has this been. This is a pleasure. I'm so happy that we met. 
And this was meant to be, and I enjoyed this so much. And to all your viewers, keep punching and stay positive. Oh, thank you so much. And now, everyone, I would like you to connect with Jackie. She's available on the major social media channels, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I will put her um, links to connect with her on these uh, on the show notes of this show. So please go Great. ahead, connect with her because she's just absolutely. Beautiful. I answer everybody. Oh, that is so beautiful. So thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Bye. And for everyone who has been here, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Dini, the mom empowerment coach. I'm also your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. And please do subscribe, share this with other mothers because the message that we've heard here today is empowering. And the more we share this positive message, the more mothers feel that they can do more, be more and live that optimal life. Until next time, I ask that you stay well. Mm-hmm.